back at it. So, uh, abrupt uh, technical slash corona difficulties. Our pal uh, Tony had to leave because uh, someone he was in close contact with had fever. So, um, we. Do you uh, think he'd appreciate us saying that? <laughs> <laughs> someone he's in close contact with. It could be a random member of society. I don't know. <laughs> and then she gets pissed at him. <laughs> Who did you have close contact with? <laughs> no, and so we, uh, we abruptly treated him like the rabbit dog that he is. Yeah. And uh, expelled him. Exiled him from Sobs. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, it does bring up. We were, we were. Um, I hope we're. You're doing well, Tony. I hope everything's gonna be all right. Um, uh, and then uh, we do. We really do. But I swear to God, Tony, if I get sick because of you, fucking. I mean, that's it, man. <laughs> um, but I hope everything's fine. Uh, we were still talking about comedians that started in comedy but aren't in comedy anymore. Yeah. So they like made their start from comedy, but now they just use their fame, I guess, yeah, or acumen to do like other things. And what what comes to mind? Any so like, mind? yeah, it's like all talk show hosts, like to varying degrees. Like you know, um, I don't know, I don't know much about Johnny Carson, but was he a comedian beforehand? I think so, but that's actually very good. That's very yeah, that's yeah. very very. This is on the nose. Yeah, a lot of talk show hosts that our comedians don't become comedians. Except for Conan, he was always a talk show host. Yeah, Conan is like one of the talk show hosts like I respect the most. Yeah. Like he was like doing comedy writing at the time, like he wrote much for The Simpsons. Yeah. And in its prime as well, and that's like really good. I think Letterman and Leno are part, are in that too, because yeah. they are two stand-up comedians. They were vicious in their time. Mm. And now they're just known for their talk shows. Yeah. And James Corden, if you find him funny, I don't. James Corden, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I ju- he's like he feels like a fat Ellen just waiting to explode. Should <laughs> <laughs> be like, <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with him. There's like a really famous, not really famous, but like a really well accredited comedian in UK. Yeah. He's called Stuart Lee. He's quite like dry, and he's like a comedian's comedian. He just does only comedy. He's been doing comedy, and he's had his own like comedy show. And he's been doing that for a while, and like he's like uh, he's like shitting on James Corden and uh, Graham Norton. Yeah. And Graham Norton was also a comedian, uh, but he's now just a he's like just a classic talk show host. He's just become like he's not even funny anymore. <laughs> he's not. He's not. <laughs> like, and like he's just shitting on. Um, it's just this great bit in his comedy show, where it's just him doing a, ho- a full set for like thirty minutes, and this great bit of like. Um, yeah, like I've been working on stuff. I was like working on shows, like. Uh, but then I see Graham Norton, and he he we were like competing for the Baftas, for the best comedy program. Yeah. And his show beat my show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking about it. And he was like, uh, you know, if you're me, you know, uh, don't try to make don't work on something funny and try to make it really good, like a fucking mug. <laughs> Just sit down and talk to Gary Barlow for 30 minutes about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good bit. It's like, um, it's from Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle. I love it when I, comedians go petty. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, he, and he shits on James, James Corden so much. Like, and when, and when Graham Norton had accepted the award, yeah. James Corden, he's a huge fan of mine, allegedly, didn't yeah. even try and stop it. <laughs> Just let him go. (laughs) (laughs) 
he shoots he a, to fucking do anyway. He shoots on James Corden so much. He's like, he's like, I hear about James Corden in interviews and interviews. He's always like, oh, what's your influences? Who's your favorite comedian? To James Corden, and James Corden's always like, oh, Stuart Lee, I love Stuart Lee. He's so funny, he's so great. And then Stuart Lee's like, fuck off, it's such a fucking lie. <laughs> It's like it's like a dog listening to classical music. <laughs> <laughs> a dog listening to classical music. <laughs> so, I'm so absurd. <laughs> Two of the most mundane things make the funniest. He's so good. He's, he's got such good bits. Yeah. Uh, Oh, dude, there's a brilliance to when a comedian is petty and he gets to roast somebody. It's so funny. <laughs> and then, like, uh, it comes to a head because, like, in the comedy vehicle show, like, uh, there's there's this, like, uh, the way that they break it up is they have, like, a short interview. Yeah. So it's, like, Stuart Lee being interviewed by Chris Morris. And he's, like, con- deconstructing the bit with him. And he's, like, so your bit was... Graham Norton beat you out for the comedy award in the BAFTAs but what you left out was that it was actually the comedy and entertainment award <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like she was like I-, I didn't know that I didn't know that and Chris Morris was like of course you fucking did <laughs> don't tell me that you didn't know that that would have ruined your whole bit if you added comedy and entertainment He's like, yeah, well, undeniably, the Graham Norton ent- uh, show is entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Dude, I gotta watch this. Yeah. This is like, you know what? I wish Tony was here with his phone because I want to want to see this now. Yeah. Fuck. There's some episodes on YouTube. It's really hard to find because um, Stuart Lee's like notoriously like, uh, well, not notoriously, but like upstanding. Like he pays all his taxes and like he protects all his stuff really well. So. It's really hard to find downloads and stuff, and you kind of feel bad downloading it because you don't want to screw him over. Because he had this bit as well. He's like, uh, it's not even a bit. Like he's just explaining his circumstances. He's like, uh, you know, uh, I, I hear all these other comedians like Jimmy Carr like dodging their taxes a little bit and stuff. And it's like, I'm gonna have to be sitting here. I worked out. I've done the numbers. I'm gonna have to be sitting here doing comedy well into my 70s. And people start laughing. And he's like, no, that's not a joke. Like. <laughs> it's so good. Dude, I gotta see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, so that's a comedian. See, then that's the reverse. That's a guy that has stayed a comedian despite the things changing around him. <laughs> I think you nailed the hammer on the head sort of thing. Like, you, you, all talk show hosts were great comedians. Even Joe Rogan, it just hit me. This guy was a comedian. Mm. And now he's known for his podcast. He's still yeah. pretty funny on it. But, like, I can't think of a better example. Like, Ellen is that example, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you got that, too. Where it's like, she was, like, she's a far better talk show host. No, not even, but, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, <still fun laughs> she's a terrible talk show host. Like, she's so mean to people and shit. But, like, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, she just used comedy just to get her foot in the door and then just, like, Oh, talk show, I've, I've got it made, I don't have to fucking do anything. Do you feel that way with a lot of Judd Apatow creations? Judd Apatow... 
he's the director of Super Bad and, and Knocked Up and uh, okay because like they have all these characters and a lot of them were in a Canadian show called Freaks and Geeks and Seth Rogen's part of that but I feel Seth Rogen is at a position where he's producing comedies writing comedies mm. whereas somebody like um, Michael Sarah. I, I haven't heard from Michael Sarah. I haven't heard about Michael Sarah in like a billion years he's, he's bizarre because here's a guy that I think wanted to legitimately be an actor but there's so many like memes about michael sarah like michael sarah just seems like a guy that like showed up to an acting job and like didn't have the courage to like talk himself out of it and so it's just like <laughs> stuck in the same job like it's just yeah. like just because of his awkwardness like and there's there's another person that's with him uh and i think that's the last i heard of him and it was, i think the movie was called Paper Tiger or something like that. And it was like an Asian female comedian, and Ali Wong. No, it wasn't no. Ali Wong. But she partnered up with Michael Sarah, and they had a movie together. Mm-hmm. And it was bizarre because she did a lot of talk shows. And the thing is, it's it's like I respect a comedian like Jimmy Carr mm-hmm. because he is dressed for the occasion. It's his material that's funny. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like Seinfeld and, and even Larry David. He even hosts like a comedy version of Countdown. Right. Yeah. So like they, they, their, their game is, their bit isn't their attire. Mm-hmm. Their bit is their actual material. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Michael Sarah and his female partner, it's like, I remember watching them on Conan and I went, did any of them wash their face before getting on the camera? <laughs> like, because it just... It looked stu- it looked bad mm. and I feel like Amy Schumer kind of is like that mm. it's like do you even care that you're making money now yeah like are you or are like, yeah do you even care about the audience who allowed you to make the money right. in the first place yeah, yeah. And some of them are not easy on the eyes yeah and I get it and I feel Japan is guilty for that because a lot of comedians here are disgusting looking like a lot of these fat like but yeah that's it's like a different thing because you're laughing at them so it's yeah, like it helps so disgusting no but it helps that they are disgusting looking because it's like look at the fucking disgusting guy <laughs> <laughs> try to do like it's so mean like some of it is is mean-spirited right it's so mean-spirited yeah and i just feel like you don't have to be a knockout nine or ten or eight or some shit but you gotta have some appeal to be on tv mm-hmm. if you and i were on tv <laughs> i have to get a haircut yeah <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> I gotta get a new face, <laughs> shit like that. You mean like, it's like you do like the Joker thing, you just like rob someone's face. Right onto mine. <laughs> and I feel like that's the more responsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of these guys, it's just like, it's not, I'm not really getting the physical bit. It's like, Carrot Top was repulsive <laughs> to look at. Do you mean like, he wasn't easy on the eyes. Gallagher was alright. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Gallagher clips. No, Gallagher. No, no, his main bit was like smashing watermelons. Oh, Caratel's bit. Yeah, Gallagher. Oh, okay. So it was like, a, imagine Gene Shallot or like a half semi-balding guy with clown hair, black hair, and like a long dolly-style mustache. <laughs> and he was appealing, he was funny looking, but he wasn't repulsive funny. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that thing really turns me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, dude, you're on TV. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see somebody that looks average. I don't know, like, yeah, just going back to the Japan thing, like, a lot of the stuff just seems, seems weirdly, like, overly accessible. 
Yeah. Like they're just people, people like just being stupid, and like you just laugh at them because they're dumb. I feel and it's like not there's like, a lot of overacting. Yeah. Like they'll scream and, and yell. No, that's classic Japanese TV. It's like even like certain YouTubers and stuff that I've yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. There's one that like abroad in Japan. Um, he's like a funny English guy. Yeah. And he always tells like whenever people come to his house or whenever uh, new he's been filmed for news specials, he's like. Are you a YouTuber? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, can we get your camera in the shot? And I'm like, he's like, what? <laughs> you know, like. I can't deal with it, man. I can't. Uh, it's yeah. Like that stuff really like hurts me. It's mm-hmm. like on next level. It's um, like, yeah. Even the variety shows have to be. It's like a weird element of reality TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's so. And you and you kind of get it because they can't be unscripted. <clears throat> There's no material. Yeah. So they have to be this heavily overacted scripted thing because these guys don't have personalities. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you imagine like if you ever did the flip side and you just see like a well dressed Japanese guy yeah. just like go up and like absolutely kill it with like a nice comedy set? Dude, that'd I would be like biggest fan <laughs> I, I would fucking lose yeah. my mind. And it's like a smart comedy, like a critique at like the government being morons or something, like Fuck that'd that. be a genius. that'd be so genius. There, and it kind of goes across too because like there, I was watching uh, a female comedian uh, I forget her name is Hatsuko something but she's in California mm-hmm. and maybe we, this is a transition topic do you feel female comedians rely too heavily on sex appeal instead of actual comedy? Uh, no because then there's like the reverse sex appeal thing where I'm not sexy I'm funny kind of thing also so that's like this comedian's like twerking, throwing weird ass shit online. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's like, it's not. That's sexy. like kind of. Ali Wong as well is a bit like that. Ooh, explain. Like, I don't see yourself. What, what's that like? She's She's been in two specials, and like, uh, the, a good first half of her first one was just talking about how much sex she had. Oh, ew. And it was alright, but at the same time, it was kind of like. I don't know. Because she's like, she's fairly reasonable looking. Yeah, she's not bad looking. She's not bad looking. But it's like, yeah, it's like, are we here to talk about comedy or are we here to just, like, hear your sexual experiences? <laughs> like, you remember know. The Simpsons? They were poking fun of, like, female comedians. That was so funny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, like, you, you referenced that twice <laughs> before. I was listening to the podcast, the earlier podcast, and I was like, uh, <laughs> the female comedian comes on and she's like, I just had my period today, <laughs> yeah. and I was I was kissing my boyfriend. I was kissing a guy with this tongue stud. And you, you know how a guy with a tongue stud, you know how that, that is. And I'm just like, that's, that's, so that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel so little has changed. Yeah. So little has changed, and then I mean, Presty's come back to that. It was like, you know, they're talking about their their periods and who they have sex with. Like they would talk about stuff that would make Red Fox blush. <laughs> Like, I feel like we're still in that phase. Okay. Sarah Silverman, I still love because she, she pushes the boundaries of uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ali Wong talking about her sex life. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know, like, fuck, I forget the comedian's name, uh, but she's a black um, comedian, female. But her comedy special was produced by... The two guys from Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's the only other thing. <laughs> <I've done. laughs> so, it, so it's total shit. So you're trying to say. And I, I can't remember their name for the life of me. But again, that's another comedian that I, I would look at and she's unappealing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, she's got like, 
There was like, there was an ad, I think it was a Netflix ad for a rec- like a, an upcoming comedy special. It was like a few months ago, but I yeah. saw the ad. And like, it's the comedian in her dressing room, like getting ready for the show. And like, you know, I'm, and she's like, there's a black female comedian. She's like, uh, you know, I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna go out there and it's gonna be like really funny. And this is an awesome special. And then the camera pans out and like this guy like gets up from off the floor. <laughs> and apparently, you know, this guy's just been like giving her head or something. <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> like Why well, have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's like trying to like obviously say, Oh, the roles are reversed now. It's like yeah, but the comedy still has to be funny. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny if yeah. she actually had a <laughs> I think that would just throw everything into it. Yeah, just like a massive, like, yeah. 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 Ten inch. <laughs> yeah. A humble uh, ten, they say. A <laughs> humble ten. But, like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I suppose it's true to a certain extent. Like, that's why I like Sober Superman, is because she doesn't rely on sex appeal. Yeah. She just relies on comedy. Comedy. Yeah. But do you think male comedians are, are guilty of that, too? Yeah, to a certain extent, it's like, uh, Male comedians talk about sex a lot, but like, yeah, and like, there's certain aging men community, aging men who can talk about like, because they're men or I don't know, whatever. Like, they're allowed to make fun of like getting older and like anatomy of getting older. Yeah. So that, yeah. I feel like Louis C.K. was really straddling that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know if you're. I feel like for women, you still can't really talk about. Oh, I suppose menopause can be like constru- construed as funny, like yeah. in a joke. But I don't know even. What the? La- Did you ever watch the last Chris Rock stand-up bit? I mean, I've bitched about it before, but there's a very weird moment of sincerity, and it's just not rightly put in because he talks about his sexual preference. It's like I need like an Asian woman with a big ass who's like. Who speaks Spanish? I mean, this girl fits the bill. She's just walking by. <laughs> My God! But uh, and, but it felt very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because he talks about his divorce and all this stuff, and it's not like he's trying to give us a lesson. It's just like he's just venting or something. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're horny. Fucking don't tell us. <laughs> like it's not like done in jest mm. or in a positive light. There's an air of desperation. Mm. Yeah, so there's like that's to be said about like sex and comedy, I guess. Like, you, there's a right way to do it, and there's like a a weird way where it becomes creepy and pervy, and there's a weird way where it becomes creepy and desperate. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not creepy and desperate, but like desperate, I guess. You can you can tell when somebody's joking about something they don't really care about, mm-hmm. versus they're trying to joke about it, but it's like fucking. Bothering yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, I can't stand it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I w- If I were to write a joke, I I wouldn't. I think I'd stay away from the like the sexual realm, like my own sexual realm kind of thing, right? I I would I would pepper in my preferences, and I think I would avoid the sexual realm, but I would talk a lot about things that make me happy. Like girls with big butts and like short skirts, like saluting them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's I'm okay with that, but never get into the uncomfortable territory of kiss and tell, yeah. which a lot of co- female comedians are guilty of. There's a lot of like, the bits are written as if like, it's locker room talk, 
And ironically, it's coming from a female comedian. The ones that, you know, because women are like a locker room talk and, and the male gaze is, is something that's normalized. And, and to a certain extent, I agree with them. But like a lot of these female comedians that, that turn to sexuality as, as a crutch, it's pretty locker room-ish. Like the stuff you described me, that woman getting hit, it's pretty fucking bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of remember their name, but her co- like from what I saw and what, from what she said, even like t- disregarding the the head bit, yeah, it, it didn't seem that bad. Yeah, that's so, the thing. It's yeah. just uh, anything. Well, I mean, those are two really good topics, and this is a rarity. We don't get to have a me and you podcast. What's on your mind? We should do more of this. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to listen until like a year later and <laughs> then he's going to get pissed. Any, anything on your mind? Uh, I, I, I'm stunned because I'm like, I got to ask you something because this is a rarity. This is really rare. What are we going to talk about? Like uh, Caramel Delight, yeah. Um, Caramel Delight's good. Good, good. <laughs> good, good. Caramel's probably my favorite sweet flavor. Really? Yeah. I figured you for a vanilla guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about like uh, I guess you know what's on my mind these days? Sure. A lot of Bob's Burger stuff. Bob's Burger stuff. Yeah. I downloaded a lot of episodes. Nice. I bought them legally, legitly. Cool. So I I can't believe this show is written the way it is. Yeah. It's brilliant. Like even you can tell it's like totally different from because you expect it to be very similar to The Simpsons and Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, it's the classic family. Like, you expect the dad to be dumb. Yeah. The woman to be supportive and kind of bored. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Linda's completely flipped. Bob's not dumb at all. Yeah. So, Linda's, like, almost like the complete opposite of Marge. Really. Yeah. She's, like, like a dreamer. Yeah. And she's voiced like by Marge. Guy. Yeah, and Marge. Yeah, <laughs> Marge is like totally given up. Just like uh, I just have to like provide for my family, like oh, whatever. Like yeah. Marge is kind of boring and kind of uncomfortable at times. But like there are parts where Marge is written really well. Like the police episode. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a joke in the police episode where she's like, um, she starts. And she's like, I want to I wanna sign up to the police academy. I want to be a police officer. And everyone just bursts out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you have to grab the end of the episode. And the, and the writers even say they have no idea why this is funny. <laughs> but, like, but like the end of the episode, she's like, there's too much corruption on this force. I'm leaving. And like, oh. <laughs> and like the writers are like, we have no idea why. <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah, it's so funny. But yeah, Linda's uh, Linda's totally the opposite of Marge. And then like Louise has this like almost South Park esque yeah, yeah. like subversion of like because she's the youngest one, but she's also the most sinister one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like she's like uh, yeah, she just say some stuff and like <laughs> like she's talking to Mr. Frond or something, and she's like um, tell me tell the repressed memory bear yeah. like, about your problems, and he's and she's like uh, he won't remember them anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> but she's not she's not malicious. Mm. She's still grounded. Because I think that's the angle they had with Stewie and they made him like a super villain. Yeah. And here it's like you do realize that that's a kid. Mm. A very sharp kid. Mm. And I think she 
regardless of his annoying, annoying tone, mm -hmm. is such a solid beat. Like, mm -hmm. you realize these are kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's so hard to get that right because there are moments where Bart is malicious. Mm -hmm. And he's a little too much for adults. Mm -hmm. That I feel like the Belcher, Belcher children could be any average kid. Yeah. If they had a very, like, heightened sense of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, yeah, you, you find the sense that, like, uh, Louise, like, sometimes goes a bit too far, and then she realizes she's gone too far, and she's like, alright, either I have to get away with this, or I legitimately have to scale it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, really good show, man. I, I can't get enough of that. South Park, and, I mean, Curb is still ongoing. Yeah. Dude, season, how did, how fucking season 11's out. I haven't even seen season 10. How the like, fuck does he do it, man? <laughs> Genius. Yeah. I think he takes his sweet time. Yeah, that's that's a given, right? Because there was like a good six or seven years between season eight and nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously he's come up with like a lot of shit for season nine and ten, maybe, in that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you find yourself, like, I, I feel this way, like, when in high school uh, we'd have drama or like in English class we'd do a play and stuff. I would be very good at getting laughs because I had no idea what what people were glued into. Okay, like so I'll give you, I'll give you an example. This is like when Austin Powers came out, and I had not watched any of the movies, but I'd seen the trailers and I'd seen tidbits of what it was, and it was weird. You get the feel, like you know when you're watching like a Louis C.K. or a Jimmy Carr, and you know where the punchline's headed. Yeah. So, like, I knew the type of characters Mike Myers does, and so it was very easy for me to be a clown about it mm -hmm. in, in a play or any kind of drama stuff. And a lot of people thought I was obsessed with pop culture, and I wasn't. I was obsessed <laughs> with video games. You were just like, oh, uh, what's his name? Abed. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. you're Abed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, that part really hits home because it's just like, I found that they found these things funny, and I just took them. Yeah. And, and I found myself doing that for like almost everything. Like, The Matrix was out. I hadn't seen it, but I was very good at predicting what people like to hear. Yeah, I, I kind of had that too. Like, um, whenever people have like different senses of humor, I can't really do it as much now because I don't really speak to that many, as many people as I used to, but like. Due to COVID, obviously. <laughs> if people have like different senses of humor, I could pick up on it and just like match their sense of humor. How do you do that? Is it, is it, does it. I used to think it came from boredom. The more boring summer I've had, like the next year of school, I was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's an element of that. Like, you just want to talk to people, and so you want them to have a good time, you want to have a good time also, so you just be funny together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's like a, it's like an icebreaker as well, if you don't know them very well, like you just kind of key into what they like, and then you laugh about it. And then this boredom fact, what's your creative source? I, I, I kind of think boredom is mine. Like, creative source for... For comedy. Like, I would live... I am the most boring person at home. <laughs> I'm just upset or miserable looking. I'm just sitting in the corner. Uh, like, Sebastian Maliscalco kind of nailed it. It's like a cat. I'm like a grumpy-ass cat. <laughs> and I just... That's where I get my comedy. Okay. Because, like, that is me normally. Mm -hmm. 
And as I am, I'm so aware of me and the things around me that are annoying me, that when it comes time to act, it's so easy. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been going over these thoughts, refining the shit out of them. <laughs> Where does your source come from? Like, what, what do you uh, think heightens your comedy? I think I'm mostly like observational. Okay. So like I have to see something. I can think of something funny as well, but like I have to kind of observe something that gives the spark, and then I'll like run with that and like make it bigger and funnier and stuff like that. Like, uh, like that girl with that big butt. No, 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 no. Um, ah, shit. Like I don't know. The premise of the show is like um, I saw like a sign for uh, railway police, and I was like, oh. What what do those guys do all day? Just like, just like uh, stand in front of barreling trains and like shoot them until they explode. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need a railway police force? Hyper sensitive to reality stuff around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But like, I don't know. It it ten, like if I get to a point where I'm just at home too much, then I think I become less funny. The more bored I am, the better I am at my bits. I feel like the more bored you are, you definitely become like as a whole. I suppose this might apply to everybody, but you definitely become more attentive and receptive to other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like because you've got nothing else to do, right? So yeah. So then like the moment you get like some sort of thing that gives you an idea, you're like, oh shit! Like I can not be bored now. This is good. Like let's work with this like idea. You know. Hyper aware. I feel like. There's an anger bit I love doing, like when I just rant. Yeah. That's hap- that happens when I'm very like observational. Okay. Like sure. I get annoyed very quickly mm-hmm. uh, when I'm noticing things around me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where does your comedy change? Like, is there is there a particular vein of comedy you enjoy a lot, doing or thinking it like or writing? Um, specifically. I, I like a, it's like a mix between like um, a little, it has to be a little bit absurd at least, yeah. uh, not too absurd, um, and then like it has to be like, it has to be like some sort of timing element, like for some reason, and I think it comes a lot up in the stuff I write, it's like I love uh, repetition, <laughs> like rules of like, three, yeah rules of three, like exact same repetition, <laughs> like, and it's done masterfully on the Simpsons and stuff, like um, just like they'll use one sound that's kind of funny and then like they'll like talk it out a bit and then the same sound will come in and it's the exact same sound by it is the is the punchline again i feel <laughs> like, like family guy does that too family guy probably does it too yeah 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 um yeah but you do it with more class and style <laughs> like yeah I, I can see that i i think the absurd part really is the thing that gets me like, I really am amazed at how absurd your references are, but how appropriate. Yeah. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, the I think one of the episodes, I references like, I haven't relaxed. I haven't relaxed since Howard Holt disappeared under mysterious circumstances. It's like very absurd. It's very specific. But it forces you to laugh because even if you don't understand the context of it, the absurdity is so off the charts <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you can't help but respect it. Yeah. 
And it's not like a try-hard poll. Mm -hmm. It's not like poking fun of Star Wars or something topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I generally don't like doing topical too much because yeah. it's like the last, the most infamous, not infamous, but like the, the classic thing that has just been and gone is Trump, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's doing Trump and it's like, Trump is pretty funny. Like, Trump is funny in of itself. You don't even have to, like, talk about him. Yeah. You just laugh. You just, Trump does something, you laugh at Trump. That's it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to, like, deconstruct it. You don't have, like, because it's already funny. Like, you know, like, you can't make, well, you can, I guess, but, like, it's not like you can take gold and make it into more gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's already hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's already there. So it's a very lazy act. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, I'll just... I'll just put like punctuation here and this is my joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Holy shit, I thought of a person to rival Ellen in terms of like this person was a comedian <laughs> and now they're just not funny. Yeah. Trevor Noah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But he's done a couple of like recent comedy specials like last few years. I think his accent game is on point. <laughs> I just think as a comedian, he's not funny. And, and I watch The Daily Show and I'm it's struggling. Getting worse and worse. Like, yeah, it's it's becoming, like, it's so geared towards, like, one side and what, like, one group of people want to hear. It's a and lot like, of woke statements, yeah. a lot of Cardi B and Jay-Z references, a lot of celebrity worship. And there was, like, he did, like, a vaccination bit. Like there was, It wasn't like, funny at all. you got to get vaccinated. It's like, I don't know. I tell you, I, there's been, like, ten videos of his. Each and every single one of them has a comment from me that says, get better writers, hire better writers. <laughs> You've literally written I've been writing yeah. it on every clip I could find. <laughs> because it's annoying. It's it's so annoying that this guy... Like, you have to go back to Jon Stewart. And it's funny because we're in the same kind of feeling that we were 10 years ago. Uh, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is at its peak. And it's ironic that 10 years ago, Jon Stewart had the mantle. And he did some amazing bits. And one of the bits that made me crack up so bad was he, anytime he talked about Israeli policy, all of the correspondents on The Daily Show would start yelling at him, calling him anti-Semitic. <laughs> so he ended the bit by like not saying anything. It was funny. The other bit was like he does the same thing, which is like commentary, which is like he'll talk about the absurdity of the issue, just like Trevor Noah. But his timing is good. Yeah, I think that's another thing that like, it references my comedy like of course like we haven't tested like we haven't tested it out in the show because we haven't act, like hired actors and whatever but like timing and execution yeah. like they both have to be like completely perfect it's a science like, man yeah 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 like that's what's so timeless about like the first two and the most famous movies of Adam Sandler yeah yeah, yeah. it's like Happy Madison Billy sorry Billy <laughs> Madison <laughs> Happy Madison Billy <laughs> um funny that happy gilmore billy madison his timing and execution is so good like it's like you can't match that kind of like even if the jokes are kind of like a little bit juvenile or like a little bit like kind of weird or not even weird but like a little bit absurd a little bit juvenile maybe even a little bit cross because the timing and execution is so you're forgiven yeah yeah it's like it's it's brilliant like yeah yeah I think, I think that's that's part of your comedy that I, strangely, I think I relate to more than anything. <laughs> because it's the, the pause. When, when we talk about timing, a lot of people tend to think like, timing in comedy is like saying the right thing at the right moment. It is. 
but it's more about holding back. Yeah, yeah. It's like knowing the best point, like at what point will be the funniest when I say this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at what point will be the funniest when I'm interrupted by something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that like a good example of recent uh, kind of a flop was Trevor Noah talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And he wanted to make a point about like how Israel's military is, you know, strong. And it's dealing with like civilians throwing rockets at, or rocks and shit. Okay, so there's and, like a massive balance. Right? And, okay. I, and I, he just pretty much repeated it. Like he didn't do anything different. Okay. He just repeated what he said, but in his stupid accent. <laughs> And that annoyed me because Jon Stewart played a clip of the Israeli, um, I guess, security advisor talking about how Israelis can, can check on the phone when there's a rocket attack. And then he contrasts that with, like, the Palestinian plight. Oh, he's like, so let me get this straight. The Palestinians get to know that there's an attack coming when they launch a warning mortar shot onto that building. <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, a small bombing before the big bombing happens, right? And it's just like, you know it's absurd, mm -hmm. but he walks you through that pause. Yeah. Obviously, the source material is like so dark, right? Like, <laughs> like, source material, like what's actually happening. Yeah. yeah. But then, Trevor Noah and recently he got in like recently in the last six months he got in their fire because he was talking about the Pakistan and Indian conflict and he's like well actually I heard it was just like they're all going up there and he did a Bollywood song and dance accent and it was just like an inappropriate joke because they're in an armed conflict you just told the audience people died and then to do a Bollywood like it, it the joke didn't work and I thought he would have had a better time putting that joke before you do that or talking about the absurdity or bringing in England for how they've messed up that those two countries. And it just, it made no sense. Whereas Jon Stewart, if you, did you ever watch the Mark Twain Awards? That Where he's talking about Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah, yeah. That timing. <laughs> it's so good. It's, I like the... Like the emotional <laughs> to funny like timing, he's like, you really think he's thinking about it and you really think he's like emotional and then he's just like, then I realized Comedy Central has five million dollars. <laughs> Fifty million dollars. And he's like, and I want you to know, I gave that, I treated that money like it was mine. <laughs> and you know, he didn't have to, but the timing of him saying that biting his finger yeah. and then going onto the ground even like the build without the build up it wouldn't have worked like the build up like was yeah it is it, can I can I use a sexual but it is the ultimate foreplay <laughs> the and uh, most comedians are just climax sure and I think like the, the real smart one mm -hmm. is so good at foreplay yeah because it's all about like the build up and then like just the subvert yeah right Suffer as perfect execution. Yeah. Not to not to do, do delve too much or, or to reveal much of your story, but I think that's what makes your writing ridiculously funny. <laughs> is the it begins at such a grounded but absurd level, mm. 
and then it just keeps going insane. And you think it's going insane, you think insanity is written in escalation. But what I find interesting about your comedy is you write insanity as a de-escalation. <laughs> give, give me example. Example, the opening. He gets fired from a honky, you know, it's already absurd that there's railway police. <laughs> but like the mundane of people telling him of walking up to him, like, <laughs> telling him that the bad day, you know, this reminds me of like giving him that. Pepta. I used to be like you. I used to be like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so mundane. <laughs> you would think it would escalate in the sense that he goes to JR and it's like roaches everywhere or crazy people. But you write escalation in like mundane levels. <laughs> And it's so ridiculous because you're like, the boredom that you write is so ridiculously funny. <laughs> and it keeps getting worse. Yeah. And like, the context of people have no idea. Nat is writing season one of a railway police show. <laughs> and it's about a guy who gets let go of a, a prominent railway uh, organization. Department. department. Yeah. And he has to work at like the government-owned loser department. Because <laughs> yeah. in Japan, there's like private railway and government-owned. <laughs> and government-owned anything is pretty garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you think like when he goes to the government-owned part, that it would be like you know bombs pissing or like some weird shit happening or people like mugging him. No, it goes into mundane territory. <laughs> like I visualize washed up and like just boring. And I visualize one of the visual cues I still have in my mind is when people are talking to him. There's like, you know, remember when people sweep the floor? It's like caution, wet floor. I imagine them stacked as it goes on and on. Just like piling on. Because it's just such a sad scene. Uh, or even like the, you wrote a bit that made me laugh a lot, which was like the Kang uh, like the very lavish train conductor and basically how he's sitting in his train and you could have gone crazy you could have had like hot women and shit like that in there but you went like with a very tempered down lavish whereas there's like, the, like a confetti cannon in there somewhere yeah. <laughs> but again it's so it's like boring level <laughs> yeah. it's not like you know trumpets blaring it's like confetti <laughs> and the argument with somebody somebody's hands coming up from <laughs> under the table yeah that's like a, he's like having like a sip of nice champagne and he puts it on the table and like a woman's hand comes and like tries to take the glass and then they like kind of tussle for the glass and she spills half the glass and just takes it under <laughs> <Right>. the table <laughs> but again it's like it's so not lavish yeah but it's done in, with such a that's the thing you're good at you're good at writing repeating the joke that rules of three and you're good at escalation but unlike a lot of escalation I see you're good at um, escalation that leads into mundane territory or de-escalating a situation to the point where it's hilarious <laughs> which, which is really hard to do yeah yeah it's pretty hard for sure. that's ridiculous <laughs> I love like I think it's like, The Simpsons also kind of did it really well. It's like, um, they'll try and, they'll lead you on like a path and then they'll just like, like the cannon fire bit, like they go to the, they go to the school trip and like they can't get in because they have no money. And like they all just hop the fence or something. <laughs> and like, then she's like, uh, <laughs> then she's like, uh, the guide at the, the, the Civil War 
museum is like this is a cannon from the Civil War and it's like pointed at like a precarious looking tower yeah. <laughs> and like uh, you know this can destroy a lot of ship of course it's not loaded it's just common sense people that's such a brilliant idea explanation oh, such a good episode well okay we're on this topic uh, I think you and I should do a, like a Simpsons episode mm-hmm. but for the time being as we wrap this up one of your favorite Simpsons bits uh I think uh, generally my favorite Simpsons bits, my favorite episode is uh, Lisa's Rival, because like the amount of bits that have, like I like so many bits in that episode. There's like the fugitive reference where like it's like a part like I did, t- however, tip our <laughs> tip the FBI off to a whereabouts of our good friend Milhouse, <laughs> and like Tommy Lee Jones just like uh, Milhouse like I didn't do anything. I don't care. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> <My> classic. <laughs> and the fact that he's just like, fucking probably in the dam, like fighting for his life. And you hear like, my glasses. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's like, a really good episode. And the bees, like, uh, to the people, <laughs> like that guy has like the weirdest, like, Perfectly timed execution. Like, is it flagship? The inflections no, no, are brilliant. Bees. No bees. <laughs> <laughs> no no, no bees. And he says the word noise loud. <laughs> beans. No beans. Uh, you mean you shabby? Yes. yes. <laughs> Homer, you die a bomb. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like the, the straight man's just like, uh, so you've uh, lured, <laughs> lured your. Lured our bees to your sugar pile, and you're gonna sell it back to us at an inflated price. He's like, who's in the what? <laughs> Simpson, <laughs> you diabolical. Oh, it's so good. I love that episode uh, because of that uh, Scarface tribute. Which bit? In America, first you get yeah. the sugar. Because it's like Homer doing an accent in his voice. <laughs> then you get the power, <laughs> then you get the warming. Um, and it has the obscure, like, Englishman. I nicked it while you weren't looking, and I do it again. <laughs> and he has that monologue. The monologue, yeah. Uh, you know, who, who... I forget what What's it is. What's to be said about this whole Simpson? <laughs> I'm not like those so-called city fathers. <laughs> who stroke their beards, <laughs> cluck their tongues, and say, What's to be done with Homer Simpson? <laughs> oh, it's such a good bit. Uh, I still have a song. I, I told you the college episode gets yeah. me. I uh, it it's so ridiculous. <laughs> that laughing bit <laughs> where he, like where um where he makes it like a smart nuclear physicist joke like the lecturer. And then it, it Homer the, doesn't laugh. Everyone else laughs. And then he drops his cards. <laughs> and that laugh goes on. <laughs> it's like he jerk dropped his cards. Oh. <laughs> and, then it, and then it escalates with like uh, uh, I'm pretty, I, I was a nuclear technician for like four years I'm pretty sure I know how this works It's like, by all means, show us <laughs> And then it's like, it's like glowing radiation And two guys in hazmat suits come in And they're just like, hi Homer <laughs> like, There guys, thanks Homer <laughs> uh, It's a great episode because it has I like any episode where they Homer and Burns work well together mm. as co- comedic partners. Yeah. That's why, like, the, the Cabin episode's hilarious for me, mm-hmm. too. For I sure. mean, much later. That's a classic. But I found myself drawn to the college episode because of, like, 
you know the music they use intercut music college scenes it's like a very royal music <laughs> yeah 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 even the song louis louis that they use is so perfect <laughs> the vibe of that episode is so perfect it's like a homage to those terrible 80s or 70s college shows mm-hmm. the the bra bomb reference <laughs> these horrible nerd archetypes <laughs> Like you always have to prank the dean, and he's like a perfectly nice guy. (laughs) He's such a good guy. (laughs) I like to knock the starch out of that stuff. No, just so convinced that he's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Uh, I I love that episode a lot. And and the other one I'm really into these days, um, Stonecutters. Stonecutters is classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because it's just like. You see the genius of Homer when he stalks Carl and Lenny. <laughs> There's like a weird bit of like the egg council people getting to Lenny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the egg with the legs. <laughs> and he squeaks as he runs away. Yeah. And my favorite moment is so subtle. It's like when Homer has like a terrible day getting to the plant. He's stuck in traffic. And he gets there and he parks right outside his house. Because <laughs> it's like never referenced again. Like right. the parking lot is literally next to it. And then Bart's like, hey, dad. And I love it because it's just, he's like, he doesn't even say hello. He's like, hey, dad. He's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's already defeated. He's like four feet from his house. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, I, love, I love the, like, the bullshit you can get away with animation, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> just the weird continuity shit, just for the purpose of a joke. It's like, so good. So good. Uh, like, the parking lot time is working just outside his house. The <laughs> backyard of the problem. Yeah. It's so perfect. And the commentary on, on each of the episodes is genius, and I think... With the respects to that, the funniest jokes the writers talk about, for me, is the crusty episode mm-hmm. where he hits the tree and there's a delay and then he yeah, pops yeah. out and they're like, he's so stupid that he doesn't obey the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great reference. Yeah. Uh, Any others? That, uh, there is like uh, um, the Greyhound episode like uh, where he, they make a... There's like a bunch of greyhound puppies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mr. Um, Burns. Takes yeah, and Mr. Yeah. Ho- Mr. Burns like uh, sells them all, or like he sells them all to Mr. Burns, or like mis- he gives them all away to Mr. Burns. And like then, like of course, at the end, Mr. Burns has like twenty like prize racing dogs that have won him a lot of money, and like Homer's like in the attic, like uh, smashing the light bulb, <laughs> and, and Marge thinks he's hung himself, <laughs> and he's just like, no, it's just. And the writers are just like. I just wanted it to look like he Homer had hung himself. himself. And then I had to figure out why why would he be in that position. We came up with it and he just bats alive <laughs> when he's upset. <laughs> I think that's why it's so great. Because these guys are like, let's go dark, take a step back. Yeah. How do we write that? Uh, oh, man. Okay, next episode, Simpsons. Just, just do it. One-off episode, 30-minute, whatever. We'll do it. Because uh, I don't think we'll be seeing Tony for a while. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an hotel town for Tony. Hey, yeah. listen. You 
gotta do what you gotta do, baby. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, we hope uh, Tony's good, and we hope uh, those around him are well. Yeah, yeah. Chiefly us, you know. Yeah, especially. <laughs> but especially me. Especially. I think the later Sasha Bob episodes, up until where he turns into a good guy and and his brother is the evil guy. That stands one of my favorite episodes. That's too. still, I think that is the last funny Sizer Bob episode is where they have both the Kelsey Grammer stars yeah. on the show. That's, I think that's still a funny episode. It's like, it's they too have good. one where he's like married and he's got a kid. Yeah, it's weird. And I just, I didn't like it. They kind of, yeah, like they kind of did the sub, they tried to do the subversion of like, you think Bob's evil, but it's actually just, he's a suburban regular guy and it's like, yeah. That's not really a good punchline. It's not really that funny. <laughs> like, yeah. And the inane references. I think that's the, the relatability you have with him. There's absurd and inane references. Like Hudora, Hudora Welchi with the burping. I had to Google her. I was like, oh my god, she's like old man. <laughs> or uh, Rory Calhoun. Rory Calhoun, that was another one that like, the commentary was just like, why are we putting Rory, Rory Calhoun in? <laughs> no one knows who the fuck he is. And a couple of Rory like, oh, Don't put him in. Don't put him in. And the writer just like went with it. So good. Because you're... It's like a couple of Rory <laughs> Even if you don't know who he is, like it's just... It's too funny. It flows yeah. and it's good. And it's that's like... That's another thing to be said. Like even if you don't know if it's a reference. Yeah. The fact that it's still a good joke is if you still laugh at it. Right. Like the Fugitive reference, right? I didn't... I was like, I didn't even I didn't know, know that. that was a future reference. That. And yeah. it's like, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's done. That's actually nailed it. They nailed it. <laughs> the joke has to stand its own yeah, yeah. Regardless of if it's paying a homage or it has something clever in it. <laughs> it's more of a hidden gem for the person that gets it. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't, who cares? Yeah, yeah. It's too, as long as you're laughing at it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, oh, the Bobo episode. Yeah, let's see. Okay, isn't let's he like, isn't he like a poo exploiting like a bunch of Eskimos or something yeah. <laughs> to get like his eyes? We've right. lost four men on this expedition. He's like, you could think of a better way to get eyes. I'd like to hear it. He's like, it's about to be. Oh man, that's such a shame though. A poo and Hibbert. I, I had a, I listened to the, some lines from the new actor for Hibbert the other day, and I it just. Not good. Does not hit. Like, Dude, he made him a cool character. Why the fuck can't Why can't a white guy voice him? It's animation. Yeah. Who gives a shit, man? And it's like you're sacrificing quality just for wokeness. Like I don't know. Oh, I can't stand it, man. Yeah. I haven't heard of. Is that who written out completely? Uh, he hasn't. I didn't think he was even written out. He was just. He's just not in the show. Like, and then they're thinking of bringing him back as another actor or something. So. I, I don't like it, man. I, I don't like it at all. There's like a, can I tell you like a preview for my fifth episode? There's like a bit, <laughs> like I have like a bunch, there's like a, a speech. The mayor's giving a speech. And like Shit, I was supposed to talk to you about four. Okay, go yeah. on, go on, go on. We can do that after. Yeah, yeah, but like. I gotta run. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, um, fifth there's episode. a bit where like, fifth episode where like uh, the mayor's doing a speech, like, and he says something that resonates with like people in the audience and everyone in the audience is like a stereotyped character <laughs> they don't have like a stereotypical accent and like there's like the Italian accent the French accent like 
there's like the Jamaican accent <laughs> I put in there. And then the Indian accent, I put like some guy who says, thank you, come again. And he's like an Indian guy. And he's holding a sign that has a poo's face on it. It's just R.I.P. <laughs> and he's like crying as well. And he's just like, thank you, come, come again. again. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't... I get people are dicks and like a lot of um, there's a Harry Kondolamu uh, I forget his last name I'm sorry I'm butchering it mm-hmm. uh, he had a documentary on the problem with that poo or something like mm-hmm. that I get where this is coming from and I get like you can be a very funny comedian without it I get a lot of people dude but I had that shit thrown at me too yeah. like you mean like and I'm sorry if you're a comedian then you already have a thick skin mm-hmm. that's the shit that got you where you are yeah and if you can look past that and you have an audience that keeps referencing Apu and it being discriminated, then I'm sorry, you're, you're in a land that's full of idiots. Mm-hmm. Move on to a new place. Uh, we've got heritage Pakistan, India. Apu was a very prominent character. Obviously, I had a lot of shit thrown at me for it. Mm-hmm. But did it affect me? No, that wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. I think the worst things are like not stereotypical jokes because you learn you develop a thick skin you learn how to like deflect things you quick witted and if that crushes your character then man the world's gonna kill you <laughs> like, yeah. that, if a poo's making you feel bad yeah, yeah. wait till you hear about terrorism yeah you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had to grow up watching true lies and every like fucking terrorist spoke Arabic and Urdu <laughs> and it's just like oh whatever so like it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, my job and your job is to like redefine comedy. If you don't like where it's headed, and there's a reason why you don't like it and you feel strongly about it, then it's up to you to kind of enact change. Mm-hmm. And I see that with your comedy. I see a lot of references, and I see less uh, wokeness. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I'm trying my best to just be funny. like. I'm not, I'm not pushing an agenda or anything like that. It's just, is this funny, yes or no? That's like the core motif. We got like a minute left before this acid add a flag of cutting. Uh, yeah. We want to end it on this? Yeah, sure. That's, uh, this is good. Good second half. Yeah. Surprising second half, but you know. Yeah. And let's try and do a Simpsons one next time. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, we're not telling you if you're alright, but obviously. Yeah. Tune in next week for just that design. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we uh, Sorry we didn't signpost this episode as much, uh, but um, if you're here, we love you. If you're not here, then uh, we hope you're, you die. What was Elaine's thing? Here's to those that wish us well and those who don't can go to hell. I'll see you. Yeah. Uh, this has been Asan. And Nat. And formerly Tony. The ghost of Tony. <laughs> See you around. Bye. I don't want to do an American accent.